Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, Friday in the house, talking Detroit Lions. It's been an interesting week. We've got players reporting to camp. Me and Griff had a fun show on Wednesday. We had a little diss or dat, did some bubble players, some who would you take, this guy or that guy. Had some fun banter about the Jamal Adams trade. I mean, all types of things this week. But uh, our Lions are taking their tests. They're staying in quarantine and... By mid-August, we hope to actually see football on a field at a practice field near you. Grifka, it's Friday. How are you? At Grifka DKC on Twitter. Doing good? Doing good? Oh, yeah. I'm doing good. Doing good. <laughs> you, you know that because it's it. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You're, ta- you're taking my shtick. What, what are you doing? <laughs> but um, you know how it is. It's Friday. I mean, the, the weather's been cooling down a little bit from the mid-90s here in Michigan. Now we're in the mid-80s. So it's a great weekend to, um, you know, maybe go outside to your yard. You know, there we go. I mean, if you have a bonfire pit in the backyard, light a fire, sit out by it, uh, you know, you know, make some s'mores. But it is, you know, maybe be able to get uh, crack the windows, let some fresh air into your house as opposed to that uh, recycled air from the uh, from the uh, air conditioning. But uh, it's going to be a great weekend. You know, uh, you know, football's getting closer and uh, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> this literally just hit me, but. I'm just letting you know now that that great that you just dropped is going to be a, a sound drop on the show. I'm going to go back and make sure we get that as part of our systems. That great was incredible. But I want you to do something now for the people. I think that you can do this. I got faith in you. So you just dropped a really funny great. I want you to take your, your gimmick line, which is, he's not that great. And I want you to do it like Tony the Tiger would do it. So, you know, the, you're great. I want you to do that only with, he's not that great. Can you do that for the people? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, he's not that great. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Oh, my goodness. We are off and running. Now, Grifka, like, normally on a Friday recently, I don't know why you try to do this to me. Like, you're always TGIF, good weather, go out and do this, do that, even though we're in a pandemic. But every Friday, you try to bring stuff to me to make me upset, to get me to holler at you, to make me do a rant on somebody or some show or some person. Like, what do we have this Friday? Can, can we either just talk football or are you going you gonna to stir it up with me again? Like, what do we got on a Friday? Oh, it's Friday, so I'm going to stir it up. You, oh, you know that's coming. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that train is on the tracks. It just hasn't arrived yet, okay? <sighs> so it's at a couple stops before it. But we're going to start off with some good news. We're going to oh, okay. right. start off with somebody who gave the lines a little respect, and I want to get your take on this. Oh, Earlier wow. this week, Diana Rossini from ESPN tweeted out. She went out on a limb, much like you do all the time, even though some <laughs> of your takes are kind of strange when you go out on a limb. She tweeted out that the Lions were going to win the NFC North. You know, So once again, I know me and you believe this. 
But finally, somebody from the four-letter network believes us as well. How does that make you feel that somebody that works for the four-letter networks decide to, uh, you know, give the line some love? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Grifka, normally, have I been known on the show to ask you a question or detour before I get to your question? Have I been known to do that? Uh, yes. Yes, you have. <laughs> you you would agree with that? I would agree with you. that. <laughs> Griffka, this is a sidebar, but I literally just said it when you said Diana Rossini. Like, next time you watch NFL uh, Live or wherever she's on these days, take a look at the chiclets. There's something going on with the teeth. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay. <laughs> Not a, a, okay. <laughs> I just tell the people just a little nugget for you. Just go look. Um, very, very interesting what's going on there. And like you say, she always has some interesting takes, as you would say, on the other side of it. But... Yeah, man. I mean, if she's taking the Detroit Lions, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, it's about time. I mean, Grifka, this this it wasn't part of your question as well, but so I guess she said that, and then I got word late before we started recording that uh, this guy, Grifka, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, his name, or at least so he says, is Chris Sims. He came out and backed this up too and said that he thought the Lions are sneaky and if if Matt Patricia can open it up and focus on his offense that Matt Stafford might be good. So I thought that was very intriguing info by a certain guy named Chris Grifka or is it Mike Sims? Hail <laughs> Everybody, like if you saw Grifka in real life He's Chris Sims's doppelganger, I swear. They've got the same type of hair, same type of build. They say okay after every word. They have pretty much horrible takes. They get fired up for no reason. They try to battle it out with the, each uh, each other's host. I mean, it's 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 eerie. It really is. So if you hear Grifka drop a couple okays after everything he says, that means he wants you to agree with him, even though you hate the take. So Diana Rossini and Grifka Sims, uh, thought thought the Lions had a chance, and I'm of course I'm on board with that. I mean, I'm so sick of people just saying how the Lions are going to be in last place, and oh, Detroit's never good. It's like they don't even look at the roster or look at any of the improvements. It's just you know play the gimmick button where every talking head says the Lions are never good. They don't do anything right. They don't have a, a good team. Like. It's just ridiculous. It's the easy button for the media when they know nothing about our team. Has our record been good recently? No. Are there a lot of haters out there that think Bob Quinn can't do anything right? Sure. But there's a lot of other people that look at this roster and see all the young talent he's been accumulating. Grifka, I was going through it the other day. I mean, I, I'm the optimistic one on the show, but I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking at guys like Deshaun Hand, Austin Bryant you know, Tracy Walker moving over the offensive side of the ball, Swift, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkins. Like these are young ball players that I think are going to be really top level guys for what they're paid, what they do. I'm totally excited about the youth on this team and think that, you know, this year and next, it's really going to come together. So Diane Rossini, just strike that from the record. What I said about your Tifas, and I love your take because the lions are going to be good. And, you know, Chris Grifka, like, I think he's right as well. I mean, okay. That's where you're supposed to agree with me. Oh, I, I, I was waiting for my doppelganger Chris to chime in because, you know, you've never seen us in the same room. <laughs> Just like people know that. That is, that is true. <laughs> so, yes, 
I agree with you on that. There you go. I thought I thought Chris, Chris, you here? No, okay, he, he must have stepped out. So strange, I'll, I'll strange how that happens. I swear, like <laughs> I, I don't know. We got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, didn't you hear the door shut? So <laughs> okay, so that's it. That's it right there. Sunshine, you know, what's up? right there. Joy blue skies out out of the way. Right there, there, there. Derek Sunshine. Here we go. Griffin, that, that was your best question ever. Don't mess it up now. Okay. So I was, uh, once again, somebody oh. had to put a, uh, a, I'll just say, uh, a ranking of positions out there. And they, they ranked the Here we go. defensive front sevens for all the teams. And uh, and they kind of gave it like the first level, you know, was like you obviously are you're elite. But they didn't name it elite. They called it unstoppable. <laughs> and then they did like above average and average and then below average. So I don't know why the first ones are like unstoppable. You know, when I think of unstoppable, I think of like the, of the old, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers steel curtain, you know, the 85 bears, you know, and that, that's what I think of, but who made the unstoppable? Of course, the Chicago bears. I don't know who's ranking this, but they thought the Chicago bears front seven was unstoppable. So obviously Cleo Mack oh, yeah, and the yeah. other, the six other stiffs that he freaking plays with, <laughs> you know, this guy's getting, I love Cleo Mack, but come on, man. Really? I mean, Eddie Goldman, you know, he's good, but let's face it. You know, he's not, you know, he's not a stud, not to mention he just opted out. So he's not playing this year. So that means Cleo Mack and the five other stiffs who's ever there. You know, he's, they're unstoppable. But what else made me laugh was the Vikings and Packs. The Vikings and Packers, they were above average. They weren't even average. They were above average. You know, these people, once again, they thought these guys were just like studs. I mean, we're talking Lombardi's Packers of the 60s. And we're talking the old purple people eaters of the, you know, of the early, um, late 60s, early 70s. You know, with like Carl Eller and Alan Page, you know, and Jim Marshall and, you know, and Gary Zimmerman. Come on, Really? You know, they're obviously not realizes, but then, you know, once again, they give the lions, the lions were like below average. It's like, okay, so the lions put seven garbage cans out there. You know what? I mean, I'm looking at this and I saw this and I'm like, drive me freaking bonkers. I mean, I had to do it there myself. I didn't even want you to play. I didn't even want you to play the clip because I had to let it out there myself. I mean, like, do these people even look at this or are they just kind of going off like, well, you know, the bears have got Khalil Mack, so they're obviously unstoppable. I mean, they're making this team defensive front seven sound like it's a freaking tidal wave. It's not, okay? And then the Packers and Vikings, they're above average. No, they're not. I mean, one gets a bunch of calls because the trophy's named after their coach. And the other one's the Vikings. Yeah, their defensive front seven decent, but they're not above average. And like Detroit, well, you know, Detroit, they just suck. So they're below average because they're the Lions. So, Okay, I got my rant out of the way because that just annoyed me. Do you have one, Derek, or you just want to sit back and laugh some more? I was going to say, was there a question anywhere in there, or was that just a Grifka question to himself so he could do what I thought was an entertaining Grifka rant? I uh... thought Chris Sims was in the room. I was going to ask him, <laughs> but he didn't stop back in, so I guess I had to throw it to you, Derek. Grifka, I would ask whoever that publication was. I'm pretty sure it was probably Lions 24-7. This would be my question to them. What the hell? <laughs> like it, none of that makes sense like you say i mean Cleo mack has has nobody with him in chicago i mean uh, okay I'm, I'm sure that you you think because they were good 25 years ago that their defense is just always a stalwart now i i do have to you know normally the people would like to hear me go on a crazy rant but i have to flip the script on you because you know, we get our our 
you know what's handed to us every time we go to Minnesota by that defensive line. So they're doing something right over there. I mean, they've got some, some, uh, I don't know, some dogs on that front line, you know, they have for a few years, but Grifka, like the, the green Bay Packers have the two Smith boys off the edge and they, they played really well last year. So I do like some of their edge pressure and some of the things they have as well. But this, this to me, will bring it back to the lions is, is same old, like nobody has even seen Austin Bryant yet, so he gets absolute zero anything. You know, Deshaun Hand barely played at all last year, so he's back to a absolute nothing to most people that know nothing about football. I mean, Trey Flowers, because he doesn't sack the quarterback every other play and talk junk and do a, you know, the peanut butter and jelly uh, dance after every time he gets a sack. You know, he doesn't get much love, but he's out there making plays. So, I mean, the Detroit Lions have a sneaky... Oh, defensive line. Hey, Grifka, you know why I'm so happy you brought this up? You want to know why? Yeah, I'm interested to know. I, I didn't even plan this, but you brought this up. I got to see if I can find this. Um, I saw this again. I started at Instagram to help promote the show, which, again, as we as we joke about here on the show, it's it's me trying to put in work and reach more people while you, you know, sit back and sleep. But I'm uh, trying to build this Instagram, and I was on there today. And you want to know what Danny Shelton's Instagram handle is, Grifka? Um, can I guess? Oh, I would love you to guess. <laughs> um, DS Sackman. <laughs> no, it's so much better than that. You want to hear this, Grifka? Okay. This is this is our other beast on the defensive line. Who's like 26? He probably weighs about 320 pounds. He plays the nose. He knows the system. He's uh, was a first round pick. You want to know his Instagram handle? Yeah, yeah. Um, what would it be? <laughs> I'm underscore Mister underscore Lava Lava. Seven one. I'm Mr. Lava Lava seven one. Is that incredible or what? That sounds like one of those things like when people tell you to like to like when you're on Google and you type in the first couple words and you let the computer do the rest of it for you. <laughs> that kind of sounds like that. I think it sounds like a shaggy song from about fifteen years ago. I'm Mr. Lava <laughs> Lava. <laughs> But I thought that was incredible. I saw it. I had to take a double take. I'm like, what does that say? Oh, wait, that's Danny Shelton. Holy cow. Incredible. So I think that guy's going to be a beast. He has incredible Instagram handle. He seems like a great guy. Like I'm fired up for him. So I think we have an underrated defensive line group. We're never going to get any credit until we absolutely ball out like we did in what? 2010, 2011 with your boy Sue and some of those guys like, it's just an underrated unit, hardworking, got rid of the got rid of the complainers, and now we're ready to to play good football when it means stout in the run game, get after the quarterback a little bit, hold your gaps, all that type of stuff that Matt Patricia's groups do. And I think some of these changes between Shelton, you know, you got Penasini, who I got to watch again doing some pro football f- focus work. This is a a stout big boy, man. He's a big uh, guy in the middle. That's perfect uh, backup or, or guy you can even put beside Shelton. Then you're looking at you're looking at Trey. You're looking at Hand. You're looking at Austin Bryant. You're looking at Okwara. You're looking at bringing off linebackers off the edge like Collins and Okwara can almost be thought of as defensive line guys because the way they play football. So 
we'll see. Let's say that. I think a lot of the people you ranted about was justified. And I think the lions are continually never going to get respect until they do it. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years, we have a pretty dominant, uh, you know, defensive line that, that isn't going to show up on the NFL program. That's for sure. I like your thoughts on that. I really do. So you kind of agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> what else we got? Well, let's do this. I got some interesting questions for you on the back half. So why don't we take a pause for the cause, pay a couple of bills here and get our sponsors in. We can do that. Do you think these are interesting or you know they're interesting, Grifka? Oh, I'm sure you have some very interesting takes on these guys. <laughs> All right. I can't wait. We'll get our sponsors in. Everybody hang tight. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Kool-Aid drinkers, Detroit Kool-Aid. We're back in the house. We're serving up that tall glass of Detroit Kool-Aid. You know how we do it. Drink it in, what, what are these interesting things? I know the people can't wait. I can't wait to hear what these are and see what we got for the rest of the show. Better be good. Yeah. This is uh, – I just want to throw some names at you and uh, oh boy. see what you think they're good, what their high watermark is for this year. Do you think they're just going to be just other guys on the teams, maybe some stalwarts of the team, or maybe, you know, play as well as maybe pro bowlers, something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, some are in position battles. Some guys are young. It's just a few guys. I just want to get your thoughts on these guys because some people think they could be key parts of the teams. Other people think they're ready to be replaced. So um, the first one, I'm going to go with the guy that, you know, we liked for a while. Now they brought in, you know, somebody else to compete with them. And that's Carrion Johnson. What do you think Carrion Johnson's high watermark is for this team? Hmm. So we have a lot of fun battles on this show, Grifka, a lot of fun things we do back and forth to entertain. But I remember a couple, probably two years ago now, we had just kind of started the show. Carrion was a rookie. He got out rolling, had a couple of good games. And his burst, his breaking of tackles, his ability to kind of get up to speed and, and do some different things with the football. I remember telling you, like, I don't need to see this guy for, like, two, three years to know that he's, he's good. He's a good running back. He's probably one of the better running backs we've had since uh Burry, you know, but you know, what's his ceiling now? Like, I guess, you know, a lot of people are writing this guy off. Like he forgot how to play football or he was never good in the first place. I mean, act like he's a seventh round pick. This guy was a pretty high second round pick when he has been out there. I haven't been like disappointed by any means. I just, he hasn't wowed me, you know, since those first games against, you know, Dolphins and Patriots and things like that. But 
I think the best case scenario for carry on Johnson is to have a really good head on his shoulders, being a good mindset of being able to split the carries with a swift and be a good mentor, a good teammate and being able to be a dynamic running game. I, I would think like it's a one, two punch swift and carry on. Then you kind of have that drop off to Bo, who's like a young guy with a little bit more size. And then you have your, your scat backs underneath that, whether it be Ty Johnson, Huntley or both. So I think that, you know, carry on can still have a really good season, even a sneaky season, because you like to remind me all the time that sometimes no matter even if a rookie is really good player, you know, he may start out slow. The Lions may bring bring him around a little bit slower than we'd like. So, you know, I don't know what kind of stats I could throw out. I think I put out a fantasy football article on Lions Wire. Did I do one about carry on or maybe I'm working on one? I can't remember. But you know, I think I could see still his stats being good. I could still see him being a guy that's uh, an integral piece of the run game. But I definitely think with the investment that they put in with Swift that he's never going to be a bell cow, you know, big time player anymore based on how they're setting it up. And you know what I saw that worried me is I saw a pitcher recently and he had that big old leg brace. I mean, it was basically like three quarters of his leg was in this knee brace that he wore once he came back last year. If he still has that thing on, I mean, that's not a a sleeve. That's not a little just, oh, I want to keep the structure. That's like a big old brace. I mean, I don't see how you could wear that and be able to really juke and move and run the football the way you would need him to. So I'm a little tempered on carry on, but I also, I guess I'm still optimistic that he could be better than a lot of people who are just like, oh, DeAndre Swift's the only guy now and carry on's just a guy that's going to fade into the background. I, I don't really see that happening. Okay. Uh, the next guy, we mentioned this guy uh, a number of times. He's uh, one of your favorites, and uh, people know I like to bash on him. What do you think of the high water mark for Jared Davis is with this team this year? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Grifka. This is going to be a hot take for the people. I, I, I have a feeling that Jared Davis is so hated in this town, so slept on, so just rag on him for all of his faults. I have a feeling like he's going to be obviously in the best shape of his life. I feel like he's been in the league now. I I just think it may all come together. And I'm projecting that this guy is going to be good enough to where by after the first few games, let's say four games, people are going to be like, man, Jared Davis, like is playing some ball. Like he's, he's out there hitting people. He's getting after the quarterback. He's, he's actually covering decent when he's asked to do so. Like, I, as much hate as he gets and as much as I support him on the show, I have this weird feeling that he's going to play so well that people aren't going to know what to do because it's going to be hard to rag on him. And my question is just, can he keep it up? And can he, you know, be that, be that really integral linebacker that everybody thought he was two years ago. He was kind of like, yeah, this guy's out there every snap. He's in the middle of our defense. Now people don't even want him on the roster. I mean, I feel like he can still be a very productive linebacker that's out there more than he isn't. You know what I mean? So, you know, yeah, that's my hot take is that Jared Davis, it's going to all click for him and he's going to go from, let's just get rid of this guy to, oh my gosh, I think we have something here. I I have that feeling that, oh, my God, I think we have something here when I see him make a tackle in the right position. So I half agree with you on that. I was going to say, this is where you don't agree with me. I, I get it, and nobody does, but 
I don't know, man. The guy's got the build. He's got the speed. He's got the size. Yeah, the mental processing needs to be a bit better, but he is in year four or whatever. So I would think that it, it hasn't come along yet, but it doesn't mean that he can't just click. And he doesn't need to be a Hall of Famer to help this team. So if he's a productive, better linebacker, I think he, he can do that. We'll see what happens. See, I could be totally wrong, but we'll see. Okay. Um, next one. You brought this guy up earlier, so got you know people listening. I want to mention this to you. We did not plan this. I had this name jotted down even before we brought him up, and that is what the Twitter handle or whatever, the Instagram with uh, Mister Lava Lava, whatever his name, uh, <laughs> Danny Shelton. What do you what do you think his high watermark for the team this year will be? Griffith, don't I don't I often tell you to say it with a little bit of respect? I mean, it's I'm Mister Lava Lava seven one. <laughs> I missed the lava lava seven one. <laughs> there you go. That that's much more respectful to big man Danny Shelton. I Danny Shelton to me is a guy that gosh, is, I hate to take this approach because this is much more of your take, but I kind of need to see like guys like him, Jamie Collins in the jersey a little bit in the system because I love Danny Shelton coming out of the draft. I remember when he absolutely almost belly-to-belly suplexed uh, Roger Goodell. That was awesome. I felt like he was just this big athlete that you just don't find on on planet Earth. And then he played horrible in Cleveland. He went and played really good in in New England. And now he's here in Detroit. And I assume he's going to be the better version of Danny Shelton, but... I need to see it, you know, especially a guy that big. They can fall off the table quick or he could, you know, um, have some issues. But, again, I'm optimistic. But it's like a wait and see on, on Mr. Lava Lava. And it's also a excitement because we know what we got from or didn't get from Snacks last year. We know what we haven't got from the interior since your boy Sue and my boy um, fairly left. I mean, those guys were a demon pair in the middle and we just had kind of blobs there since for the most part and having a big body that can move people and can, can let the edge guys get after it be important. So I'm optimistic. I think we're getting him at the right age at a great price. I love him to play good and be here for a bit. Okay. I, I think he's just, uh, I don't think he's going to be like an all pro and I kind of want to say like, just without even really seeing him, like you said, you want to see him in the jersey. I don't envision him being another guy. You know, he could be one of those stalwart guys that, uh, you know, he's solid, plays plays really well. You know, um, might have a game here or there. You, you wonder if he's even on the field. But um, I, I don't see him just being another run-of-the-mill guy that's on the team. You're like, okay, yeah, he's on the field. You know, something like that. So I think he fits the system pretty well, and I think he uh, – can be that guy that really helps this defensive line. I just don't think he's going to be like one of those Pro Bowl type guys that, when you look at him, makes our eyes pop. You know, like Sue or something like that. So, can we get this okay. together though before your next name, Griffith? There is a, a pretty big gap between, you know, horrible player and Pro Bowl Hall of Famer. Like, there's a really nice middle spot that's even higher than what you just said about Danny Shelton, which is like, you know not only middle of the road, but really like good player on a, on a 53 man roster. That's never going to get any accolades. He's never going to be at the top at the top of the stat sheet. You're not even going to notice him that much <clears throat> like Taylor Decker at left tackle is most times, but it's going to do the job and, and be much more of a plus player than not. And that's what I always argue with about. It can't always be, well, I don't see him really as a pro bowler. Or, oh, this guy is, you know, he's okay, but he doesn't ever wows me on Sundays. 
you don't have to have a team of people that wows you. You have to have really solid players know their role and do it properly. And Griff, I'm going to throw you a bone today. Can I do that on a Friday show? I'm going to do something just for you. This is a very rare thing on the show. Can I do this? Um, Sure. I mean, if you want to put a little meat on that bone with like maybe some turkey or chicken, I would like that very much. And Chris Sims would like that as well. Because this is going to be a, a one of those gigantic turkey legs for you. So I'm doing this. This is a one time only. You only hear it on the Bizarro show or when I let a guest get away with it. Grifka missed a lava lava seven one in his Instagram post. His most recent one. You, you want to know what he showed up to the facility with? Yeah, I'm, is it a nice car? A lava lamp? I might have to edit this out later because, I, again, I don't allow it. Griffith showed up in a Detroit Tigers jersey to the to the facility, so I thought you'd like that too. He's got to be your new favorite yeah. player. Go give him a follow on Twitter. I don't know what his Twitter handle is. I hope it's as cool as Mr. Lava Lava Seven One. But everybody should go give him a follow. Griffith loves because I he there, there's a baseball part of the show which I've never allow, and I think this guy will be a good ball player. I can't wait to see him. I really I really hope so. Yeah, I mean uh, I'm hoping he turns out to be what uh, Matt Patricia expects him to be and really helps out this defense. So um, next guy. Now, this guy's not really facing any competition, but he's growing into position, and a lot of people are thinking he's going to take a big jump, you know, even more than he did last year. How do you think Frank Ragnall is going to fare on the team this year? At what level of play? Grifka, I know you rarely give me a like or retweet, but I did put something on Twitter a while back about Ragnow, and I got some heat for it. I said, you know, Ragnow gets all these great ratings, and people talk about him about being this, you know, top center. But, like, when I go back and watch games, there's 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 times where I see Frank Ragnow getting pushed backwards. I see him sort of getting off kilter. I don't see many plays where he's just burying people into the dirt, and people are like, yeah, but his, his ratings are his this or that great. And I was like, yeah, I'm not saying he's not good rated or, <clears throat> excuse me, a good football player. I'm saying when you're talking about his physicality, his road grading, or his nasty, I think is how I put it. I don't put him as a nasty football player, a, a beast in the middle of your offensive line, despite how good his ratings or his 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 player profile is people were just getting after me and I was just like I like Frank Ragnow I remember supporting Frank Ragnow pick I think he's a a top probably 10 player on this team but he he definitely doesn't wow me on Sundays with what I see from from my perspective or watching the 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 TV feed I don't see him doing amazing things like he can turn a, a defensive tackle he can sort of get in the way where he needs to be but I don't see him just blowing people up which is what I think you want you know, at the ultimate level. But I do think with that being said, that Frank Ragnow does have, you know, almost like that Pro Bowl potential when you're talking about a center, you know, just based on him doing his job, doing it efficiently, even if he's not the, the biggest bully on the, on the block. And I know he said this offseason, he was trying to get stronger and more nasty, all the things I'm talking about. So you could really see him come into his own and be one of those special players, almost like the captain, you know, in the middle of the the offense where he's making the calls, he's communicating with Stafford and he's our best offensive lineman. I could see that um, happening. I know some people would say that's already the case, but I think Frank's good to great. And I think I want him to be absolutely dominant. And I just, I haven't seen it consistently yet. So I, 
I hope he takes another leap and shuts me up. And I'm just like, man, do you see Frank Ragnow killing people on Sunday? Do you see him moving bodies? Do you see him like spitting on somebody when they're on the ground? Like, yeah, that's what I want. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I not don't the spit part. I don't, I don't know how you do that. Uh, but I, I, I don't, the way I picture Frank Ragnow, I, I think he's coming along. Um, I don't think he's like a pro bowler this year. I think he could be like a stalwart, maybe like the best offensive lineman the Lions have. I know some people are going to cringe to hear that, but um, I, I think he's growing into that position you know, quite well. I just don't know if he's ever going to be, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that top center that everybody's looking for, you know, like a pouncy, you know, somebody like that. So I think he's, I think he could be the best offensive lineman on the team this year. Could just for um, just for just for fun, get, give us a couple centers from back in the day, so I can hit the bell and the people can enjoy somebody from from your heyday. Oh, from my heyday, one of the first centers I, I really really liked. Um, I mean, he's the old Pittsburgh Steeler, you know, R.I.P. And that's Mike Webster. Um, soon because once again I was a slow kid and my dad pretty much knew I was always going to be an offensive lineman, so <laughs> he was one of the guys that he liked. You know, when um, my da- my dad was, you know. Obviously, when I say younger, but you know, when I was a young kid, um, I was always a big Kevin Glover fan. Also, I know a lot of fan, Lions fans are going to remember Kevin Glover as well. Um, you know, he he's one of the guys guys out there, and probably one of my my favorite guys. He, he this guy made All Pro at every offensive line position, tackle, guard, and center. But he um, he started as a guard, moved to a center, and that's um, Bruce Matthews. Um, and we all know the Matthews names now, but you know, played for the Houston Oilers, you know, the guy was a stud. And if you go back and watch that guy, that guy was your consummate offensive lineman. When they say versatile offensive lineman, it's that guy. He's a Hall of Famer. He's probably one of my favorite offensive linemen of all time. <laughs> Griffco, one quick piggyback follow-up. I'll give myself a double bell. Like, <laughs> do you think Frank Ragnow can be a poor man's Mike Webster? Um. It would have to be a poor man's, poor man's, poor man's Mike Webster, and <laughs> what? It, and it and it sounds it sounds strange, but actually go back and watch Mike Webster film. You're talking the road grader guy, and I know everybody looks at those old steel curtain guys, and everybody just throws out names, and everybody talks about Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris, and you know, and the wide receivers. You know, it, it, it's just. Go watch Mike Webster. You know, a lot of young fans, if you're growing up, learn how to be a center. That guy's tape is what you want to go watch. Like I said, you know, rest in peace. We we all know what happened to him, you know, and the concussions and, and what happened to him. But really, just go watch his tape. I mean, that right there is, I mean, you want to talk respect, that guy, much respect to that man. You know, so it's right. that's how I feel about him. That's one of those guys, if you're an offensive lineman and you ever had to, like, play center at all, you know, that's a guy you have much respect for. Yeah, we'll see. I think Frank Ragnow can actually be one of the better centers. And he's only, what, in year three now. So I think when you say the end of his career, he could actually be, you know, one of those guys where, hey, in the, you know, 20, 20-ish 20, era, like I could see him being one of the top five guys people talk about for his ceiling. Okay, um, let's do this one. Last one. <laughs> Now, we kind of had a, a little bit of a disappointing season last year, a little up, a little down, but I think it weighs a little more towards the disappointing for what we thought he would be, and that's Justin Coleman. Oh, my God. You, you knew this was going to be an odd segment, Grifka, when you, you threw people at me and asked me what I think because, 
you know, again, I, I beast on Coleman a little bit last year that he was up or down when he wasn't punching the football out, but he had a few good games. And, you know, why was he great, then horrible, then great again? I I think this guy, it's going to depend on Okuda and Trufant. If both those guys are good, I could see Coleman being money in the slot, you know, just being uh, focused there and that being his role. But, I mean, he's just got to be more consistent and... Can he do that? I mean, if I ask me now, I think he's one of the better slot corners in the game, but he's definitely got to tighten some things up and either be more physical or be more consistent in coverage because he did get toasted a little bit more than my liking last year, but maybe that he was covering for, you know, when Slay was injured or he was out of position trying to play other spots. So I like Justin Coleman. I, I don't love his price tag. I mean, is he a $9 million type player? I don't really think so, but... He is a guy that I think can play a great role this year and people can get on board with and say, wow, like finally the Lions have a beast like Okuda, a cool vet that's uh, still good and has a couple good years left in Trufant. And, uh, oh, by the way, we actually have a slot corner as well because I remember a few years ago where we had none of those. I mean, I just watched a game uh, Thanksgiving Day, Patriots-Lions. Lions actually go up in that game uh, early until Alfonso Smithy got burnt four times by a Dion branch. I mean, absolutely roasted and toasted. And remember, he was like the corner that would get us a few turnovers and talk a lot of yak. Yeah, he was also the only guy we thought we could cover. And he was horrible, you know, when you look at his overall game compared to what we have now. So, yeah, Coleman will be good. Depends on the other guys. And our corners are so much better than we've had in the past. I mean, we never invested in corners the last decade plus since I've been a big fan. And finally we have a core group. I think you can, you can depend on a little bit. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm agreeing with you there. I think that, uh, you can have a bounce back year. I am. I, I don't know if it, if it's like one of those things we all know, I mean, you don't put a whole lot of stock in pro bowl or anything like that. And, uh, you know, it seems to be more of a popularity contest, which everybody knows. But uh, it could be one of those things like he could get mentioned for it. I mean, because they brought him in here for a reason. He did have all the stats and all the ratings that he was the best, you know, nickel corner out there. So I think it's more of him being in the system a year. He knows what's going on, and um, he's definitely going to improve his game. So, uh, Derek, I really like your takes on that. I mean, we might have to do that a little later at some point. But uh, those were guys on the team that, uh, you know, you know, some people you know, want to hear, you know, I, I kind of want to know your take. And I know we talk about them a lot, but that's kind of, uh, you know, new guys, guys bouncing back, guys that have been here. So um, I got one last thing to ask you before we get out of here. Now, this one's kind of fun and it might, you know, kind of miff you. I'm not looking to get you angry about anything, <laughs> but uh, I always hear this every once in a while out of like Lions fans. You know, it's like they're all like, you know one thing always comes like why don't we why don't we change our colors you know change our uniforms you know work for tampa bay <sighs> i'm not talking you know just bringing back the stupid black uniforms because i think those things are totally dumb and if you feel different please hit me up at twitter at, <laughs> at griffka dkc and let me know why you think the black uniforms are so cool people we can love have a discussion the black about it, but I, I think they're so dumb um would you would you at all like want to change the lines color scheme change the logo kind of like the way tampa bay did and then they went and won the Super Bowl. Do you think they had anything to do with it? Or are you just, you know, Honolulu blue, Honolulu blue and silver the whole way? 
Grifka, first of all, you are going to get some hate tweets at Grifka DKC because I always see on Twitter people loving the somebody will put out like the all black helmet. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm like, no, we're we're not black, you know, and blue and and whatever else they put on that helmet. That's not our colors. You know what I mean? It's 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 fine for Pittsburgh or the Raiders, but no, that's not. We don't want an all black helmet with a, a blue outline of the lion. You know, like people just love it though. They're like, oh, put Matt Stafford in the black number nine. That would be sweet. I'm like, no. Um, but I did have a Kevin Smith in black jersey. You probably remember me rocking that to a game back in the heyday. Um, I think I had 15 Fs on the back. But <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> you know i'm a jersey guy you know that i i i like uh, all having all the gear or you know I, I got opinions on that so this is my opinion i love the detroit lions colors i've been watching some throwback games you know we got the the new uh addition to the believe in lions podcast i don't know if you've heard of him Grifka. his name is benny blades the one and only Benny Blades. Like when I go back and watch some of his games to get a feel for how he played and some of the games he was in, ask him questions like, I don't know, there's something about the Lions jerseys I always liked. Like the Cowboys jerseys get all this love. Like if you look at our jerseys, you know, silver pants, white crispy jersey, silver helmet with the Lion logo, like it's a nice look. You go and look at the the home ones or the, or the dark or the blues, it's kind of like – I've always sort of liked the look. Now, the issue I got is with the with the Honolulu blue shade because we've all seen the Fugazi Carolina blue. When we go to tailgate, somebody got the jersey at the old uh, Kmart on the way to the game. It looks like crap, or maybe they got it from some overseas vendor. I mean, I'm not pointing any uh, fingers, but you know what I mean. And and then, you know, you, you just get all these different shades of the blue. Like, I've always been a, more of a fan of the darker you know, I feel like a little bit of the darker blue more so than when you say the Honolulu and when it's not all sweaty, it really looks kind of wimpy. You know, I think our blue looks kind of wimpy, to be honest, if it was a little bit, I don't want to say royal, but you know what I mean? If it was more that uh, you'll see it sometimes. Remember when the logo at Ford Field was like that, that dark royal blue, yet our jerseys were like the, what I like to call the aqua, you know, <laughs> almost like that aqua really light, almost even a close to powder blue so what i'm saying is like i love our jerseys i just have always had an issue with the blue being so many different shades it's like they can never get it right or they try to stick to this honolulu blue where it's like well why are we honolulu blue we have nothing to do with like west coast why like i don't know where that came from to be honest i'm sure somebody could educate me but you know, the, the, the pure silver with a, a darker shade of blue would be my thing. No, we're, we're never changed. We're not going to like, oh, red and black would be sweet. No. <laughs> like I know Mike Valeni's take, which imagine this people was blow it all up, change the colors, change the, don't call them the lions, call them something else. Yeah, that's a real good idea. You, oh, that guy, man, I swear. Everything is just blow it up and change it rather than just be happy with what you have. So I love the jerseys. I love the colors. I like what they did to the new logo a few years ago, giving the line a little bit more uh, detail. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I wouldn't change much other than tweak that blue for me, make it look a little more tough on the field, 
And thank goodness a few years ago, remember, got rid of those Nike jerseys where they had the multiple sweat stains uh, that you would see <laughs> after about three plays. Like at least now these new Nike ones they gave us uh, just look like a not only a regu- more regular jersey, but they don't have those uh, ab sweat stains and the, the love handle sweat stain and the back of the neck sweat stain that Matt Stafford always had uh, rocking. So, I mean, they made some improvements, but just give me the silver, the blue, the lion logo. Let's play football. See, I'm the same way. Um, I hate when they're like, you hear all these companies, oh, we got a new way. It'll help you help the team, you know, perform better because it, like you said, it like wicks the sweat away better. But then they get like these odd spots on the jersey or <laughs> yeah. like you see like at uh, a, a local gas station, like this off blue. It's just the, <laughs> the numbers just not quite right. And uh, it's just, uh, gosh, I, I love the, the, you know, the Honolulu blue and silver. The only ones like that. I hate any black piping or trim or anything in that anything that puts like a splash of color in it i hate when teams do that it's like when you have a cool uniform you know like three colors or like red white and yellow or something like that it's like oh no we need to put like a a hint of purple in there you know to you know make somebody else want to no don't mess with it and that's kind of the way i feel about it don't mess with the lions jerseys just leave it with the black or give her the black put the honolulu blue silver white you know I'm good with that. You don't need to be messing around. It's like, well, one year back in 1953, they wore red jerseys because this guy played at the University of India. Don't care. I, I don't want a red jersey. I don't want the black jersey. And just no. I mean, fine. You want to do the you want to do the the, the the third jersey of the uh, of the chrome as they call it, even though I know what chrome looks like. And chrome is very shiny. You know, I mean, but uh, those it's are a just good like take by you. beat down gray. But uh, if the Lions want a third jersey, just use the throwbacks with no logo on the helmet the gray face mask and those things are some of the smoothest throwbacks around. So use that as the third one. You don't have to use the color rush or whatever they call it. Just stay with the Honolulu blue and silver. Love those jerseys. I I know we got to get out of here, but I got to do a mini rant and I got to do something that's rare on the show. Totally agree with you. Great take on the chrome, horrible gray jerseys. Those need to go. Those are the worst. I think you, what'd you call them? A, a disappointing gray. Is that what you just said? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they are horrible, but let, let me talk to Rodwood for a second. Hey, Rodwood, we know you listen to the show. Uh, we put you over a couple times. A lot of times we make fun of you because you're a bean counter in the corner office that doesn't know football, yet you show up to all the meetings. Rodwood, get a little close to your, your cell phone or wherever you listen to this. Fix the throwbacks, Rodwood. <laughs> Why did you lighten them up? Why did you lighten up the gray? It almost looks like a white number. Go back to that dark blue, the dark gray, the darker helmets. Get it right. Don't mess with the throwbacks. Again, I that that's what they were wearing when they played that New England game that I watched. The New England was in their red throwbacks, which was cool. Tom Brady had long hair for some reason. I don't know. He's going through a crisis. I think at that point he had that and a big old beard. But they had the red old school Patriots, and we had the dark blue with like the the just old school numbers. You know what I'm talking about? Those big block numbers with nothing around them, and those helmets were dark gray, looking sharp. I mean, 
that's the way to go. So Rodwood, get that fixed, please, because whoever, whatever designer thought, well, let's just tweak the throwbacks. Let's make it more the Honolulu blue shade, you know, kind of like that aqua light, like you'd see uh, when you're pouring out a glass of Mio or maybe some Detroit Kool-Aid. No, darken that sucker up and go back to the legit throwbacks that we wore for decades that were always sweet on Thanksgiving and, and just don't mess with them. Never mess with them. Never change those. They're perfect how they are. Okay, ran over. What else? Are we done? Yeah, that was the last thing I had. <laughs> All right, Griff, good, good, good topics again. Uh, got to give you, got to give your dap when you earn it. Some good stuff today. Fun to talk about those players. Obviously, when you throw players at me, I'm going to be on the optimistic side because I want everybody listening to the Detroit Kool Aid Cast in the you know earshot of my voice to simply do this. Drink it in, man. <laughs> Everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. I know Grifka tells you to go out and do all these things. Stay home. Wear a mask. Go out very limitly so we can uh, limit your 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 things, your functions, your stuff you're doing so we can get back to football, get back to normalcy. But you know what's going to be normal? Detroit Kool-Aid cast twice a week. You can catch me on Believe, that's spelled B-L-E-A-V in Lions, on Thursday mornings with Benny Blades. And uh, we'll be having all types of fun. The players are there. We'll be talking football. And I I think we're going to have a great season this year, so I'm looking forward to it. So drink it in. Take care, everybody. We'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. For me, for Grifka, we're out. Drink it in, man.